0: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Thursday, September 3rd. Uh, a big game for the LA Galaxy, winning in Portland, on the road, in ridiculous travel conditions. We're going to talk a whole bunch about that game, get you through that, give you the little bit of LA Galaxy news that we probably have in between these next two games to get you ready for another, that's right, another El Trafico. Warning, it's going to be a little warm, alright? So I don't know if anybody needs to worry about that, I don't think the Galaxy need to worry about that, but if you're worried about it, it's supposed to be warm. Uh, anyway, to help me do all of that tonight, uh, the hammer himself, Mr. Eric, the Portuguese hammer Vieira. Eric, how's it going, buddy?
2: It's going all right. Uh, sir, can you un- unmute yourself? Can you unmute yourself and speak in? No, can now, now can you mute yourself? Are you tired of now, hearing uh,
1: that? Yeah. I th- yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my life now. That is, That is now yes. my life.
1: I, I was going to say, so, so uh, the, the LA galaxy are doing zoom calls for, for, for that. And the good news is that that's very much in a presenter slash listener mode. So it's like, everybody's muted. Okay, so we're good, um, yeah. and and that then they unmute you whenever you're going to talk. So that so that works. But I have to imagine having done a whole bunch of business Zoom calls and recent, It's like the little bit of delay. There's like uh, yeah. but it, oh no, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah, that type of thing. It's got to be fun.
2: Oh, it's it's tons of fun, especially when you throw in uh, children, five year olds, you know, hitting hitting the mute and unmute. It's tons of fun. Uh, you know, we're all persevering. You know, I think uh, we're all we're all just you know measuring our Fridays. And uh, looking for those little little goals to to treat ourselves at the end of each week.
1: Well, uh, the LA Galaxy fans got. Some uh, some rewards. They got some goals, basically. I'll say it. they got some goals this week. This weekday, I was gonna say weekend. I don't know what day it is. I'm not even <laughs> sure. I know today's Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday, only because I know it's a three day weekend coming up. Uh, only I know only because I know that there is a Sunday game that will be played. Um, so that's the only reason I kind of know what day it is. But for, other than that, I have not a clue. Couldn't tell you. So Wednesday night, the LA Galaxy. Uh, actually, let's start at the beginning. Wednesday morning, around 10 a.m., the LA Galaxy departed. Um, Dignity Health Sports Park and and LAX and flew up to uh, Portland. They landed about 1 p.m. They went to a hotel to which they stayed in for a couple hours. They hung out. Then they got on buses, drove to the stadium, had themselves a game, got done with that game, got back on the buses, went back on the charter plane, took the charter plane back to Los Angeles and arrived, I think, in L.A. That's not back at the stadium and to get in their cars a little bit before 2 a.m. All right. So then at 2 a.m., you have to get back to the stadium. You have to get in your car. If you're like some of the guys, you have to drive back down to Orange County, which is another little further away. So after you do all this stuff, um, you know, what'd you get to bed at? Three? Three thirty, maybe, if you're if you're good. So that's what the LA Galaxy just did. And not only did they do that, Eric, they got a win on the road, on the turf, against a team that loves to beat them, the Portland Timbers. And um I think everybody was saying a draw would have been great. Uh, but after watching how that game started, you definitely wanted the LA Galaxy to hold on for three points because you knew that you had three points in your hand. and You didn't want to let them go. And they ended up doing that. So a 3-2 uh, victory for the LA Galaxy against the Portland Timbers. Uh, we can talk a whole bunch about it, though. Eric, what do you think of, uh, of the game? First of all, did you find the game on TV?
2: <laughs> no. I mean, it was technically on a TV screen, but uh right. no, it was. I did not find it on my local listings uh, as as it was designed. So I had to, you know, get creative. And thankfully, to the Discord and some people sharing uh, sharing some links and some streams, where I was able to to watch the game. So I was fortunate enough to be able to watch the game. And like you said, uh, a draw I think would have been a moral victory. You you just won. Two games, two rivalry games, riding high. This was, you know, midweek, you're traveling away, same-day travel. We know when the game was scheduled to go on against Seattle last week, You wanted to give the Galaxy a slight edge simply because it was going to be a long day for Seattle. So it was a a similar trip for the Galaxy that you knew it was going to be a long day. It was going to be difficult. And, you know, if they can get out of there with a draw, uh, if you would have sold me a draw on, uh, you know, Wednesday morning, I would have taken it. Uh, But then again, like you said, once you saw them play and you saw how they came out firing, you saw Portland, uh, you know, what everyone is, what many people are calling up put out a B squad. Uh, but the Galaxy still went out there with teenagers on the field and with uh, non-choice forwards. And they still were able to dominate possession and look great for for that whole first half. And they let the foot off the gas a little bit. So at the end, we had a little bit of the, the squeaky bum time where – with Valeri's goal in injury time, you were a little worried that they were going to give up a draw, and a draw would have been disappointing after the ninety minutes that they played. But I think uh, it all worked out in the end. That a three-two victory was fair. The amount of goals that they scored was fair. Uh, didn't get a penalty call. Got lucky on an offside call. I, I just think uh, the result, given how they played and the way they set themselves up, I think they they deserve to walk away with three points. Uh, and doing it all in uh, you know in less than twenty-four hours, and to be back in their beds that night, you know, it's I'd call that a successful business trip.
1: Yeah, it it seems to be that way. Let's give you the lineup uh, in case you didn't get to watch it. Listen... Uh my general view used to be hey, don't strip pirate things and don't do, my general view has been out the window with trying to locate some of these games for you guys. Um I already told you I said the vast majority of the the rest of these games are gonna be on Spectrum Sportsnet. Um I don't know how many of that ends up being because they haven't released the schedule to us, but at one time I heard sixteen of the eighteen were gonna be on Spectrum. Um I don't know, that number seems to have come down maybe a little bit because as of this weekend, yes, it's on Spectrum, but it's also streaming nationally um on Spanish language. So, so if you can't find it on Spectrum, there should be some Spanish language uh, TVs that you're able to catch it on as well. Um, so there should be a little more openness in terms of trying to find the game this weekend. But my general view is here now. Uh, hold on one second. My general view here is now is uh, do whatever you have to do to watch a game. I don't care what it is. Uh, I don't care if you zoom it. I don't care how it goes. Just just get it done because um, the Galaxy aren't. And, and by the way, if I was the Galaxy, I wouldn't change either. Uh, they're not going to give up $5 million a year to stop this um and especially not with like two years left remaining so they still got they get 10 million more dollars from spectrum if they keep doing what they're doing so that's not in my mind it's not worth it to, to dump it but um the fact that you can't be in the stadium the fact that you can't watch these games at least not watch them easily uh is is a diss- disservice to all the fans who are out there who are trying to watch it so i say watch it however you can pirate it get a get an eye patch put a hat on get a parrot have some good times yeah,
2: and that, that's where I land on it. And I, I was raising my hand not to interrupt, but just to let you right. know that I wanted to say you. You had a question?
1: <laughs> Is that what we're doing? We're like, hey, I got now. Okay, I gotcha.
2: <laughs> so, uh, to your point, I think when we've been on this show before, we've tried to be professional. You run a professional outfit over here, uh, me probably less so. But we, uh, you know, you say, oh, you, you kind of dance around the fact that you can find with a wink and a smile. And I think we're ripping the band aid off and we're saying, you know, find the illegal stream, make it happen. Right now, Uh, I think, you know, the Panda made a great point on Monday. Uh, You know, part of the reason for a a blackout is because fans have the ability to go watch the game in person. Well, there's no way to watch the game in person. There's no way to travel to the game. So uh, I know there are other clubs in Major League Soccer who are opening up access to their local market to allow fans to watch games uh, when they can't watch them. Uh, in market so there is a capability for spectrum to open that up or to allow access on espn plus just to not block it out given the current circumstances that our world is in right now and I think they have the power to do so and if it's a min and uh, when it comes down to revenue and ads you know the, those ads that show up if they use the spectrum feed that's still going to show up when you go to ESPN plus or whatever method you go. So it almost seems like it's almost in their, their best interest for them to make it work. But just to tie a bow on, on the mess that spectrum is right now, the galaxy and the Lakers and the Dodgers that they are all connected to spectrum and spectrum just has the wall and set very high and very difficult to try to figure out how you, how you can watch those games. I've tried to find ways to just buy the sports net, I'll buy the app, I'll pay 4.99 a month just to be able to watch the Lakers right. and Dodgers and the Galaxy and I'll I'll pay that, but it seems like they're doing everything to restrict it and make it you know as as difficult a process to watch as possible and that's that's a frustrating thing. So Spectrum themselves as a business and the model that they've put forward with the effort that they've put with the Galaxy just hasn't that effort hasn't put, put forward uh, in good faith with the consumer. So I think at this point that's where the consumer has to make the choice uh, that to find alternative means. And I think the cat's out of the bag and you just have to say, if you're not going to play nice, then we're not going to play nice as well. So, you know, all bets are off. Get the get the pirate patch. Get the parrot. Get the peg leg. I'm the captain right. now.
1: I'm the captain now. Very nice. Uh, LA Galaxy lined up in a similar Uh, Lineup as they had only, uh, I think, one change. Uh, That change was basically putting in Efrain Alvarez at right midfield, uh, dropping Julian Araujo back to that right back position, um, and putting Rolf Felcher on the bench. I will tell you this, and we saw it coming, and I think everybody saw it coming. Julian Araujo is your starter at right back right now. Um, It has been that way. Now, does that mean that Raul Felcher doesn't start it right back in the next game? Could very well could just because of the the legs and tiredness and everything else that is sort of going on. I know GBS told me directly whenever I asked him that I said, hey, you're going to rotate players for Portland. And he's like, listen, four days is enough. Uh, GBS, four days ain't enough, buddy. It's not going to be enough. And you saw it in the end of this game. Uh, the LA Galaxy were tired. Um, you know, they were running out of gas. They didn't have the ability to pressure to, to, to sort of pe- press out on those um, sort of different angles that they had and they were allowing portland time and space to shoot and to to sort of double that back up is portland also got some of their actual like their their a-team quote-unquote a-team players on the field um you know diego valeri and blanco and a, a, a bb um yeah that guy that does uh chew bless it's a you player um yeah. he is, he's a great player he's a great player if the galaxy had him on the team no problem I'd, I'd i'd definitely learn it i try for all these but um i don't always get them um, but if you, you know, you, that was another reason. So there's two compounding reasons that this game started to slip away for the LA Galaxy. However, you had Ethan Zubak up top. You had Pavone um, at left mid. You had LeJet in the center. Alvarez out at right mid. Corona and Kitchen playing those defensive mid roles. Um, you had Insua. You had Depew, Steris, and Araujo. And then David Bingham uh, back there at the end. The LA Galaxy go up first after what i thought was a ridiculously slow start by both teams it was sort of like oh we can't stand on this turf they were sliding all over the place both teams uh we can't pass because you know it's turf and it sucks i by the way there's a common thread in all of this portland review which is plastic turf sucks and i don't like it um and portland will eventually figure out how to grow grass in oregon with all that rain uh and a (laughs) river and
2: i think portland knows how to grow grass if you know what i mean
1: Yes, yes, I do know what you mean. Um, also, their stadium is built over a river. I would just like to point that out. Yeah. Like literally a tributary that that goes down into the river go, runs directly underneath that stadium. And so trying to get drainage and making it work and doing all those that stuff is a difficult proposition. It's not impossible. It just costs money. Um, so uh, it, it's it's one of those things that eventually happen. But until that happens, I'll complain about the gra- the quote-unquote best turf in Major League Soccer, quote-unquote, whatever they want to say. Um, So that's what it is out there. So it took a little while for everybody's feet to sort of come underneath them. Uh, Whenever it finally did, the LA Galaxy took that by the horns. Eric, I will tell you this and I watched it obviously from my couch. Um, I watched the play going on. Um, I was watching sort of everybody pay attention to what was going on. I was watching the discord. I was watching Twitter and everybody was sort of waiting for this to happen. And then 16 passes started with a single one, went all the way to 16 good possession good movement, finishes with an Efrain left-footed strike into the upper left-hand corner. Um, everything about that just screamed 2014 Bruce Arena. Yeah. Everything about that screamed Tiki Taco. And by the way, it has now been so long since P- since 2014. People have forgotten what Tiki Taco is because I got people saying, you spelled it wrong in your story. It's Tiki yeah. Taco. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like, hey, chill out everybody, okay? <laughs> that that is the Galaxy version of tiki-taka soccer was called tiki-taco, all right? And that in 2014, that's I think that's when it was coined in 2014 yeah. cuz um just the passing, Robbie Keane, Landon Donovan, um, Marcelo Sarvas, Janinho, I mean just what Ishizaki I think was on that four, 14 it, team, I mean te- yeah.
2: Yeah, a team that knew how to possess. And I think the the, yes. the part that stuck out stood out to me from that play was the patience that it required to build up. Uh, the Gal- what was the knock on the Galaxy? The opening two games, most of last season, uh, and in the bubble is is the game plan just to cross the ball, uh, you know, and and Sua, you know, would be, you know, in the left back position, just send a ball, you know, all the way to the top, and just hope that something magical would happen. To me, it was the patience to keep the ball on the ground, to wait for the right moment. Then make have the player movement. Then put themselves in the right position and the give and go, the back and forth, and how it ended with Efrain, uh, you know, slotting it in the corner. It was it was it was a perfect buildup, a perfect goal. Uh, you know, an ex- whenever you say you know what is a team goal, you show them a video of of, of that goal because that was uh, the definition of a team goal.
1: Yeah, Ramiro in the chat room says. Or, by the way, don't forget that LA scored on like a twenty-five pass sequence in one of the first games under GPS. That was a Zlatan, I think, finish eventually uh, whenever it came in, or maybe a, it wasn't was that a little? It was the Minnesota, I
2: think that was the Minnesota game when Zlatan was out and the, oh, uh, that's rest right. Of the guys yeah. stepped and up yeah
1: so, so yeah I mean it, there's been flashes and we saw some of these flashes in the San Jose game we saw some of the flashes in the LAFC game um, you know of being able to hold possession and move a team around and that was really the the key there is moving a team around because you saw what LA was trying to do and it was quick passes it was switching to the point of attack it was moving without the ball it was anticipating where the ball was going to be. I mean, Alvarez plays at one point, I think a one, two in there and then moves to this spot where he's going to receive the ball. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, if you're a striker, or if you're an offensive player, you know where to sort of be in those areas, but it wasn't just knowing where to be. It was the other runs by other players clearing space, and you could see it. If you if you go back and watch it and you you know what you're what you're looking for, you can see the space start to open up. You can see Portland sort of sticking with the passing and going, okay, no problems. We got this. No problem. This isn't a problem. And then the ball on the right-hand side with rajo that sort of springs everything forward, you know, a one-two pass on the inside, one that goes down towards touchline again and then it's bringing it back and what we saw so many times with this LA Galaxy team was bringing it back and nobody was there Um, legit has been there a lot lately Uh, you know Efrain Alvarez was there this time and Good on the kid. First MLS goal. First, great, great look at it. I mean, that's a finish he should make, and he did, and it was pure. And it's everything you wanted from a kid that's trying to gain some momentum and, and be, uh, a, you know, an everyday player. For me, it was just it. It was everything you wanted from a start, and it was everything you wanted from Efrain Alvarez in that one play.
2: I think when. What it reminded me of is, you know, two games ago when they played L.A.F.C., the first match of the comeback, Julian Araujo. We we saw the the promise, we saw the potential, but it almost is like that L.A.F.C. game was his his coming out party. You know, he he was physical, he he dominated, he had two assists, and that you could tell that affected him moving forward. And he went on to have an excellent game against uh, San Jose, and essentially, you know, has taken that starting spot now at at right back. I think this is something that can be. The make or break moment, the coming out party for Efrain, uh, you know, how it's he's still so young, but this has been a long time coming. And that's something that I, I mentioned is he signed with the, the team. What was it? 2017 towards the end of was it the beginning of 2017 or beginning of 2018? Regardless, yeah, I, I he's think, been Yeah. That like gets a yeah, but still for me, So yeah, but still. Uh, he's been mm-hmm. with the club for a few years and you've been waiting to see that flash for him to be the super sub and come off the bench and make something happen. And to have him now have the confidence of that goal, I think he's going to you know, puff his chest out a little bit more. He now has that first goal out of his head. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about getting a first goal and trying too hard. So I think this could be a huge moment for Efrain and could be you know, some, something that turns him into a regular starter or at least someone who's going to be. Uh, effective of coming off the bench because he was he was struggling to get his time. And when he did get his time, he wasn't making the most of it. So hopefully this is something that galvanizes him and, and moves him forward because we know we know he wants it. Now it's just a matter of, of putting all the pieces together on the field.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important to, to sort of point out as well that there has to be, you know, there's accountability for every player and every coach on the field. Um, that comes from the players, it comes from the coaches, it comes from the front office, and it comes from the fans. Uh, just because a a coach uh, does well in a certain stretch doesn't mean they weren't doing well beforehand, right? And we sort of go back and forth. This is like GPS. It's like, oh, well, we're all the GPS out haters now that we've won three in a row. It's like, well, he still sucked in the Orlando tournament. He sat there and he looked like he didn't know what was going on. And hey, the LA Galaxy looked like they didn't know what was going on, right? There was lots of problems. There was nothing that was settled. There was nothing consistent with what the LA Galaxy were doing except for losing and... Yeah, he can say that they played well for large stretches of the time. True, just didn't matter in any of the results. Um, and so when you look at that and you say that, you can say, okay, yeah, he, he is, there has been an adjustment. I don't know if he's changed up his thinking, if he's tried to put on different players to sort of make his vision come true, if he is sort of, you know, uh, given up on certain visions that he had for, for certain players and the way that they're doing. However it is, he's made a change, and a lot of that change comes from the fact that he was under pressure. He was under pressure from the front office, and he was under pressure from the fans to show something. That goes the same with Efrain Alvarez. That goes the same with Sebastian Legette. Eflin um, Alvarez, up until this point, was a footnote to Galaxy history, which was sort of like, hey, another talented prospect comes in and doesn't make much of, of his chances because he was given chances. And there, you're not always, you're you're not going to get the Gio Czardas chances all the time, there, Eric. You're not going to get full games, starting yeah. minutes all the time, especially not on the LA Galaxy in an offensive position. You're not. So if you come out and you don't perform in the minutes that you're given, you don't play. And that's fair. That's fair enough. It's unfair sometimes that you don't get the minutes. But if you do get the minutes and you don't perform, that's fair enough. Even if it's 10 minutes, even if it's five minutes, show me something. Look at Cameron Dunbar. Comes out on the field, right? Comes out on the field and almost gets a goal. How did that ball not go in, by the way? He hit that post so flat that, and, and the way it came out. But I, I mean, that, that's what you want to see from these young guys.
2: Yeah. I was just going to bring up that point. Cameron Dunbar is someone who did more in his three minutes plus injury time uh, than other players who played a full, you know, 90 minutes or a full 80 plus minutes yesterday. And that's that's what, you know, having that (laughs) we always talk about this, having that fight, having that hunger, that whatever that it factor is, he had it. He, He was putting himself in the right position or soccer IQ, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he put himself in the right position to ha- have an impact on that game in three minutes, and that's you don't know. Cameron Dunbar was didn't see the field for the past five, you know, five games, I believe. So he knew I'm only getting three minutes if if I want to start again or or get off the bench again. I need to make this count, and I think uh, that that's what he did, and that's what you want to see from these young players. And that's the uh, another pushback that I'll have when uh, people say, "Oh, well, you know, Portland started their B team it was until later in the game." Well, you got to think. Julian Rajo, Efren Alvarez, Ethan Zubak. These are all youngsters. They're all teenagers or young players. Zubak's not a teenager. So, yeah, you can say that they played against a B team, but that's this is a young Galaxy team as well. And, you know, take a look at someone like, you know, Perry Kitchen. He's not necessarily your, your regular starter every single game. Uh, you know, he was on in the lineup. Your Dan Stairs and, and Nick Depew. Yeah, they're they're now our first choice center backs, but they weren't that to begin with. So you can say that they're not necessarily, uh, you know, the top of the list when you look at league wide defenders. You know, we have our attachments to them. So I, I think you can only play the people who are in front of you and look at the Galaxy team as well. And you can't discredit them because Portland decided to swap their lineup. They they did everything right.
1: Yeah, they did. The Galaxy went out there and they they made the they, they made the difference on the field. And if you're going to start a B team because you're going to rotate, and guess what? All teams are going to rotate this year. All right? There's too many games. It's too, coming too fast. Uh, the LA Galaxy are going to have to rotate as much as GBS doesn't want to. Um, and, you know, hey, it's going to, like we said, it's going to be really hot this weekend. You think you're going to get 90 <laughs> minutes out of guys who just played 90 minutes again? Um, that's yeah. probably not going to happen. The, the heat's going to be an, uh, something that's going to affect both teams because that's how it works. Um, it's going to affect both teams, but the <laughs> LA galaxy, you know, are at a bit, a bit more of a disadvantage just with having to travel up and come back and doing all those things. So, um, you know, look for some fresher bodies out there because you need somebody who's going to be able to run 90 minutes and you're not going to be able to get it out of all your guys. Um, the other part of this that that is, is interesting. Christian Pavone with the goal again, Christian Pavone is the best player in major league soccer right now. Um, and if they want that chicken cutlet, chicken breast, Jordan Morris up there. He's like, he's <laughs> bland, skinless, boneless chicken breast. That's what Jordan yeah. Morris. Yes. Yes. Uh, boneless, skinless. Wait, wait, uh, if, if everybody keeps wanting to say that he's the, the best player, they're not watching Christian, Christian Pavone. I mean, they're not. Um, And, and it, it, Christian Pavone could be along the lines of, you know, um any of the Atlanta strikers in the last few years. And he's doing it not from a striker position either. And he's got assists and he's got everything else. I mean, Christian Pavone is uh, a very, very, very good player who was way too good for major league soccer. It's just it, it's that simple.
2: And and you you see it. I think the Atlanta put a you know an xga, which is you know the expected goals and assists, goals against. whatever that ranking yeah. was. Oh, yeah, and you uh-huh. know Joseph Martinez had something ridiculous. Almirón had something there. PT Martinez. It was the, from an Atlanta point of view, and uh, I forget which. There was a Twitter account that said Pavone lands in between Joseph Martinez and Almirón, and you saw Almirón, who how much he was sold for Newcastle. So right. he's he's on that level where he's he's just playing differently. And and I was wondering when we were going to circle back because we just talked about the Efrain goal, and then we talked about the Pavone goal, which. When you look at that ball from Depew and that first touch was just incredible. And then the killer instinct at the end and then Joe Corona's third goal, just the absolute disregard for human life with the way he hit that thing. (laughs) I don't think there's been, I, you know, I know there's recency bias. I don't know. I can think of a, a game that had three better looking goals than those three. You had your, your team build up. You had your individual talent, and then you had your screamer. I mean, I don't know what else you want to see from a goals perspective. I mean, uh, obviously, you don't want to allow the goals that they let in, but I I think that was probably one of the best three goal stretches that you're going to see in a game.
1: Yeah, and not only that, all from the run – of play against San Jose all from set pieces, right? You had a PK, you had a free kick, and you had a corner kick. That was how you got your goals. In um, this one all from the run of play. They generated these shots. Uh, and by the way, Joe Corona, good Lord, man, uh, <laughs> a right footed outside of the right footed, like across your body, just knuckle into the upper left hand yeah. corner. And ain't nobody stopping that. It's not going to happen. Um, so all those things are good. And I think the offense clearly outplayed the defense in this game. I i I'll, I'm going to be honest with you again, it, let's put it in the context of this before I start ripping on the LA galaxy for all the things that were wrong in this game. Um, you're on the road, you have the ridiculous travel. A point was what you were going for. You ended up getting three points. So let's, let's say, yes, all of that is great. The LA galaxy have nine points out of three games, which is just ridiculous. I said, out of six games, they might get two points. They have nine points. Um, you know, they're tied for fourth place in the Western conference. They're in 11th place in the supporter shield. All these things have brought them back to within contention in the Western conference, and it can go away fast too. As fast as it can build, it can go away because you're playing all these games in rapid succession. So just understand that the teams that were really good in the tournament struggling a little bit now, um, they're going to have a chance to come back as well. So this is going to be ebbs and flows, but it's going to be like on steroids, ebbs and flows. You're going to go like three games without a win and then three games winning. And so it's going to be very back and forth. I think that's just how, how it sort of looks. So having said all of that, good job. Galaxy get three points. They did everything they needed to do. The defense absolutely took a step back in this game. Um, I thought that in the first part of this game, it was funny because I know I was texting you and some other people. I was talking about Christian Pavone, who had a bad first half and ended up having a really good second half, right? And so you're sort of like, okay, you know, this guy's either going to suck or he's going to grow into it, and he grew into it, and it was great. Uh, Zubak did not have a great night. Um, He made some good hold-up play. He made some good passes. He got bumped around and he he was physical, so he did the work of the number nine in that position, but as a striker, you would expect that he gets um, you know, more chances on goal, or at least has some some better chances of setting people up on goal. So, you know, a little bit bit of a step back for me. Um, I thought Pavon was great in the second half, poor in the first half. Efrain Alvarez was great in the first half and sucked in the second half. Uh, his passing was poor. His decision-making was poor. Again, young kids. Araujo, same thing. Good in the first half, bad in the second half. And when he came out, he needed to come out. Um, so I had no problems with that sub. It made sense to me and that's what you needed to do. Uh, I think Perry kitchen could have played a little bit better there in the second half. Joe Corona for me had a great goal, but was a little MIA for a lot of that game. So you give him credit for the goal. That's great. That's, that's fine. Um, and Sue was okay. Araujo was okay. Depew was good. Starras was good. Bingham was atrocious. Um, those, that's sort of how I looked at this. And you could say, you know, look at the substitutes. Rolf Felcher came on. There's, there's two things that go into the fact that Rolf Felcher looked like he was standing still like a traffic cone out there. Um, number one is that he's Rolf Felcher and he tends to have that ability in him anyway. And number two is that he came on during a time where the LA galaxy were getting very, very tired, Eric, and they brought him in. And then Portland put in all of their first team guys, and all of a sudden they had a ton of momentum. So the momentum shift, um, you know, the last 15, 20 minutes of that game. Yep. And if and if I was Savarisi Eric, I probably would have put in those guys a little bit sooner. It seemed like maybe yeah, you, you had something there. But Corona's goal, you know, to be fair, Corona's goal made that a three one game again. Um, it was a two one game there with with not you know with still time left um, yep. on that. So I'll let you talk. The, that was that was I just the, I just the, wanted to rant a little bit. Well the
2: two-one goal did did make you a little bit nervous. And once Corona got his goal, you thought, okay, that that sealed it. And unfortunately got nervous again. But back to Rolf being subbed on. Yes, we've all uh, you know recently fallen in love with Julian Araujo and, and want him to be our, our starting right back, but at the same time, he's not gonna start, you know, 90 minutes in back-to-back games and not need a sub. Rolf Felcher is a part of this team and he's gonna need to be involved. Whether it's coming off the bench or it's you know spotty uh, starting in certain spots when you need squad rotation, he's still going to need to be a part of this team. You can't you can't throw Rolf out with the bathwater. Um, but it is tough from, from a defender aspect to come in and kind of get your rhythm and get your footing with someone like Cameron Dunbar. When he comes on the bench off the bench, he's an an attacker, so he's going to dictate and he's going to move around and he's going to tell you where where he's going to go. When you're a defender like Rolf, you're you're now needing to follow and adjust. Portland had subbed on players who are building their rhythm, so he he was caught a little flat-footed just because he hadn't found that rhythm of the game, and he he just looked out of place. And that's you know cut him a little bit of slack for that. You know, obviously these are professionals. You want them to do their job. If you're a good player, you're going to figure it out. But at the same time, you know, maybe maybe just a little bit that he was put in a difficult situation because Portland brought in brought in their aces under their sleeve, and he was kind of left left in shell-shocked a little bit.
1: Yeah. He, listen, I, I, you don't need to like stand up and defend him like that much. I mean, he's still, it's Rolf Elcher. And like <laughs> I said, that he has the, he has that inherent ability to sort of uh, be beat around the corners. Um, you know, I didn't like kitchen in the second half only because I thought he wasn't stepping up and challenging. You got guys like Blanco who love to take like 25 yard shots and by the way, can hit them from there. Um, and you have a goalkeeper who's at times look shell Um I don't know how many times David been kicked the ball out of bounds to three times. I actually wrote something in my notes, by the way, that said David Bingham will absolutely knock one ball out of bounds, like every single game. And then I was going to be, I'm going to put that in my story. That's going to be good. And then I'm like, cause I figured he'd only do it once, but I think he ended up doing it like three times. And it was like, I can't now, now it's not even a good line. Now Bingham <laughs> does it three times in a game. It, it doesn't make any sense to me.
2: Well, it's something I mentioned in my, in my grades this week. And it's funny how we're, we're, we're very much in line with this. Uh, I mentioned just at, at the stage of his career, he's not a, you know, he's not coming off the bench. He's not a number two who's starting for the first time and there, there's nerves and he's needed to figure it out. It, it, it's a goal kick. You know, you, a goalkeeper should be able to dial in a goal kick regardless of what turf they're on, what grass they're on. You know, a, a good goalkeeper should be able to have a well-placed goal kick. And you're right. At least one time per, per game, he makes an error either on a goal kick or he makes a flub uh, with a a, a, a pass to one of his like defenders that is, is yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a poor distribution. So, uh, he's good for at least one of those per game. So that's the scary thing. And you just think at the stage of his career, this isn't, you know, this isn't, that shouldn't be happening from a, a number one level, uh, goalkeeper.
1: Well, the, uh, the the first goal that he gave up, um, I'm going to tell this, let's start from the shot itself. Uh, the shot that happened, I don't blame him for not stopping because the ball is basically at the, the penalty flush. spot and yeah, and, and there's nothing there. Now, the problem was that he deflected that said ball directly into that penalty box whenever the ball was being played along the end line. Now, he was off balance. I know lots of people are saying all he had to do was knock it out for a corner for a corner kick and like it would have been fine. I'm like, that's great. It's a great idea. I love it. I think it should be. But the bottom line, he was off balance. He was sort of falling backwards. He was trying to reach for the ball. At that point, he was in emergency defending mode. And whenever you're in emergency defending mode, where the ball goes, it goes and you try and you deal with it. The problem is that that seems to happen a lot with him where he's in emergency defending mode, whether you want to blame the defense I don't know that that was a horribly difficult, dangerous ball, um, but it was, it was dangerous enough. Um, you know, you can look at that and say, okay, maybe he should have done a little bit better with that and for sure. But the rebound goes to the center of the field and that's why it gets knocked in. The other one is of course the short, uh, the short angle from, uh, from Valeri on the back post and you point at, at Rolf Felcher who was there, although I think there were three Portland Timbers on that back on that back side at one point, whenever Valeri finally gets the ball. So uh, there was a lot of overload on that side. I think that, um, you know, having a, a right mid like Alvarez isn't like having a right mid like Araujo um, in a lot of ways. Right. right. Um, and so and a Mil Cuello came in and whenever Cuello came in, he sort of sat, I think, more in the center of the field. And Sebastian Lujet kind of got kicked out, kicked out um, to the right hand side. So there were some things there that weren't perfect for that formation that I don't like because there's not a lot of defensive cover on it. Um, so, you know, having said that, here's the, here's the deal is that, uh, you look at two games, uh, you look at the San Jose game, you look at this game, uh, they're both scored three to two. They could not be more different in terms of defense. Uh, you okay. know, the expected goals in the San Jose game, I think was 0.6 something or, or point yeah, right around there. Yeah. It was 0.6, 0.6 in that area. Six, yeah. yeah. The expected goals in the Portland game was 1.6 basically they got their two goals. Um, the 1.6. Anytime you're within a half, I figured that you're pretty close to being what up. was actually. Yeah. yeah, you round up, which is why you look at the San Jose game and say the LA Galaxy got very unlucky on defense. They limited them on chances and they still stored, scored two really good goals, basically. And they were low percentage goals, even that. So um, that's why you look at the San Jose game and say the defense was good. And you can look at the LAFC game with the shutout and say, I think at .44 was the expected goals for LAFC. They shut LAFC down completely. So, Um, you look at those two expected goals and then you look at the one in Portland and you say, yeah, they took a step back, but we have to acknowledge everything else that happened in order to make that happen, which is the LA galaxy going up early. Um, all the things that sort of happened to, to sort of lead to, um, you know, a little bit of a, as you said, a squeaky bum time, um, there at the end. And having said all that, uh, you have to be proud of this LA galaxy team for showing some heart and showing some. Um, some fight in this. I don't like to use those words, but there's a. We, here's, we're and I'll we're just using try them to exp- every week. I know, I know. It's so hard. <laughs> it, well, I don't because I, I think see that every. Yeah, I think every professional player has fight and heart in them, and I'm pretty sure almost on every single game that they show it. Um, there may be one or two games where everybody switched off, and you know stuff happens. You could look back at the six-two LAFC game. Um, in the bubble and say that there was still fight and heart being put into that game up until the point where they decided that it was probably not worth it anymore. And that's, that's when they got shellacked, right? Um, so you look at those things. Um, every professional player gives their quote unquote all, but it takes something extra. It's the extra, like one and a half percent. It's the extra 2%. Um, you know, in the discord, I think Chris Tucker was talking about how, you know, in 2014, we all pretend like Bruce arena was a God and that whenever he would go on a road on the road, he would just win games. And the bottom line is, you know, he got draws and he won games. He wasn't supposed to win. And the game, the LA galaxy won up in Portland is a game they shouldn't have won. Um, that doesn't, it. it you can, you can see how it played out and then you can say, yes, they absolutely deserve to win that game, but that's not how it works in paper. You look at that. They weren't supposed to win that game. And they want it, so you stole three points uh, out of that day, and that's a good day uh, for everybody. In, in spite of the controversy that has MLS embroiled around a borderline offside call, um, and a absolute ridiculously ignored uh, penalty kick from from Ethan yeah. Zubak. So, um, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff. That, I mean, what did you think of the controversy? Because I I will tell you like what my own personal he double hockey sticks was whenever that happened.
2: Well, I I mean, he looked on to me, so I, I thought the galaxy were fortunate. Uh, to get the call to go their way. But, you know, we, we've been there. We've been, you know, jilted by a, a poor offside call that should should have been an offside call that wasn't or shouldn't have been an offside sco- call that was. Uh, we've all been there. It happens to every team. The ball didn't bounce your way. Even with VAR, there's these imperfections, and, and it just, the ball bounced our way this time. So I'm not going to make any bones about it and say, no, actually, if you look at his toes, uh, you know, it's a 50-50 ball. But it, at the, that's where the, at the end of the day, it's it's impossible Uh, you know, clear and obvious because when you break down the game film, it's never going to be absolutely clear and obvious unless they're a yard offside. So, you know, I think, I think the galaxy got away with it a little bit, but that's part of the game as well. You you know, this happens to every team, every team gets, 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 uh, you know, run over every once in a while. And when you talk about the penalty call, not going their way in the first half with Ethan Ethan Zubak getting trucked uh, to me, I I, I'm a believer in makeup calls and having things balance out. And I think that's what happened in this game.
1: Yeah, apparently, uh, Savarese didn't didn't see that call at all because all he did was complain about the uh, the the offside calls, uh, which, by the way, the first offside goal was correct. They were offside, and there were like three Portland Timbers players uh, that were offside on that, so that wasn't a question. The second one, by the way, uh, photo uh, photogrammetry on Twitter actually yeah. did that and said that uh, he was on by one inch, so one inch was the difference there, which is why. It was here. Was what happened is that the offside, the call offside, came from the field, um, and it was offside on the field. And because it was offside on the field, VAR then couldn't overturn with clear and obvious that it was um, that it was clearly onside. It wasn't. I looked at that and I'm staring at it. And I'm like, that's close. I thought he was on too, but at the same time, are we sure he was on? It was an inch, so it was a lot closer than you and I thought it was. Uh, whenever they they laid it out, um, you know. Having said all that, I actually tried to. Um, get a pool reporter question in about the Ethan Zubak cha- challenge. Um, so while the game was going on, I was actually trying to contact people in Portland to find out who the pool reporter, is, the pool reporter uh, was in Portland. And I'm sad to say that I think uh, I think the NASR, the North American Soccer Reporters, which of, of which I am a, a member of, I think that we screwed up because we didn't have a pool reporter in Portland. And because of COVID times, we really haven't adjusted the pool reporter standards and how you how you go about asking questions uh, if we're if we're going to be forced to sort of social distance on this stuff I, I've made the request to NASR membership um, and the president that we be able to submit questions to referees remotely because there was nobody there And because there was nobody there because of COVID and the restricted and all that stuff, you couldn't get questions answered. And quite honestly, as a pool reporter, I would have asked about the Ethan Zubak and I would have asked about the offside call. Those would be my two questions about and then we could all know what the referees saw. But because there was no pool reporter in there, I was not able to ask a question and... Although I've done it once before, um, you're technically not allowed to do it remotely um, from somewhere you're not at. Um, I was able to work with another pool reporter last time to get it done, but there wasn't one there to get it done this time. So um, uh, fortunately, it didn't come into play because if those two offset each other, then the score stays the same. OK, so it's four three instead of three two. I, I Whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> um, you know, whenever it all comes down to it, it didn't affect the game. Um, as far as I'm concerned, because it was balanced there. But still, uh, an interesting time watching the LA Galaxy play this game, play it well, um, and get a, a win on the road. I mean, you know, I don't know. There's there's some really good standout performances in this. There's lots of room for improvement too. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with being tired. Um, a lot of it has to do with, with sort of traveling. I talked to uh, Joe Corona about the travel and he was like, yeah, man, it's weird. He goes, and I said, I realize you're only like two thirds of the way through this. And he's like, yeah, we still got to fly home. And it's just that understanding that, you know, they're talking after the game and, you know, what time did the game get over? Seven thirty, nine thirty. So about, you know, a little after 9.45, I'm probably talking to these guys and they know they're not going to get home till two or three in the morning. So it's a It's a thing right now, um, and I think everybody yeah. has to get used to it um, and I think that will disadvantage the LA galaxy coming into this laFC game. just the no travel part helps um, to be certain in terms of they don't have to go anywhere and it's at their home park that's a good thing um, but yeah it's uh it's a it's an interesting but one
2: the the other side of the coin is that when you know eventually when the next phase kicks off and Portland has to come down and Seattle has to come down and San Jose, you know, they're going to be working with the same set of circumstances. So when you get those home opportunities, you have to take advantage of them. Uh, to me, that's, to everything that's you can say about point. Portland. Yeah. It's Portland, starting the B team on a team that was going to travel that that's not the time you start your B team. You know, you maybe start your B team when you're making that travel and you say, listen, you guys are my B squad. You've got nothing to lose. Let's go out there and show me something. You know, you don't do that when the other team is at the disadvantage. So I think the galaxy, you know, did you put your best lineup when you're on the road? Uh, especially, you know, because they were trying to get the points, knowing the difficulty that they have on Sunday. I think it's, it's a little bit of chess, uh, with the, the lineup that you, the GBS selected.
1: Um, I think it's a really good point too, is when you talk about, you know, the next phases and how that goes, remember that we saw this grouping as being one of the most toughest or one of the toughest groupings in all of major league soccer. The fact that the LA galaxy already have nine points from three of those games tells you that they already did the job they needed to really, that they needed to do in this quote unquote tough stretch that they had. Now, um, They've raised expectations and because of that, they're going to be expected to do more and LAFC on Sunday is going to be a tough test to come out of, especially after uh, LAFC got it. Was it six one or five one to San Jose? It was a lot to a little. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I was I was talking to the Panda at one point as I was trying to figure out some pool stuff and he was actually covering that game. Um, at that time. And so he and I were talking about that real quick, but, um, it was a, it was a big score for them and they're sort of, you know, everybody's sort of saying, oh, they're back on track now, which could be the case. It also could be the case that San Jose was tired of traveling. Um, and you're going to see some of these lopsided scores in, in these little things. So, um, sort of keep an eye on that.
2: Yeah. That, that essentially makes the point that San Jose with the travel that they had to make, uh, they looked, uh, this was the second week that they had to do it or, or, you know, or in short time, given the what they did on Saturday, and then having to do it, so the they had to do it twice in within a week, and you saw them fatigued from it. So uh, LAFC made them pay for it, and that's what the Galaxy. When other teams travel to Dignity Health Sports Park, they're going to need to make teams pay for it when they have the advantage here at home.
1: Yeah, 5-1 was the score in that game, LAFC over San Jose. Um, The teams will meet on Sunday. Uh, Let's give you a little bit of LA Galaxy news, and let me tell you what to sort of expect from Friday and then what to expect from Sunday. Um, And I tell you this only because we're recording on Thursday, and of course, the Galaxy's media availability because it's a Sunday game will be on Friday morning. So here are the things you're going to learn on Friday morning, and I will do my best to predict these, and we'll see how close we get. Uh, Guillermo Berescolato should be able to give everybody an update on the injured players. So you should be able to find out about Chicharito. Um, I'm guessing what he's going to be saying is that Chicharito did come back and join the team in training on Friday. Uh, that's what I'm guessing would happen. However, that will be, have been his first team session with the team on Friday. I do not anticipate him playing against LAFC. If he does, uh, it'll probably be off the bench and it'll probably be in throwaway minutes towards the end, probably not more than 10 or 12 minutes. I don't think 15 minutes, maybe max, but I, you're, you're going to want to work him back slowly and there's no point. There's so many games in such a small amount of time to throw him into a game that he's not prepared to really play a part in. Um, but he may be on the bench. We'll sort of be able to find that out. I implore you to, to, to look on Twitter um, and then go to our Discord. And if you don't have the link to our Discord, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but I will update you on what Guillermo says and sort of how this goes um, in terms of that. The other thing they're going to talk about is And by the way, Sasha Kleshin would probably be on that update list as well. Um, one guy who is closer to coming back, Danilo Acosta, Danny Acosta, also uh, doing individual training. We may be able to get an update on him as well. So I'll try to remember to ask my the questions because you're on a Zoom call or not like, you know, sometimes I can get seven questions if I'm standing in a media scrum. You usually get one um, or two in the, in the Zoom call. Uh, um, and so you have to sort of choose which ones are your most important questions to ask, and so Danilo Acosta hasn't been high on my list of people <laughs> to ask about, but if you're asking about injuries, Eric, you can ask yeah. about all three of them at the same time and sort of say, hey, what's up with Chicha? What's up with Sasha Klushin? What's up with Danilo Acosta? Can you sort of give us some updates on that? The other thing he should be able to provide an update on, and by the way, the update that he may give is, I have no update, uh, will be Yoni Gonzalez. Um, the I know there's rumors that he could be stateside already, I have not been told that. Um, that doesn't mean it's not true. I'm just telling you what I've been told. Um, so I've not been told that. I've been told that GBS will have an update for tomorrow. But again, his last update was, I don't know when he's coming. When he gets here, he'll be here. Um, and that'll sort of be the end of that. But as of right now, I've been told, um, at least of Thursday morning, which was more a reference to Wednesday, by the way, whenever I asked Thursday morning, yeah. was that you know Yoni Gonzalez was not um, you know in, in the States yet. So we'll see if he shows up because... He's going to be a big part of, you know, the rest of the yeah. season eventually when he comes. But it's been a long time now.
2: And, and if he does train, it'd be maybe his first time training, if at all. And, you know, and we're not dealing with a, a Zlatan situation every time where they come off the plane and they come off, the, you know, the bench and score goals. I think even if he is stateside, right. you still have to get a few training sessions in there. I wouldn't anticipate that even if he is and he does Somehow managed to be part of that first his first training session with the team tomorrow. I still don't think you'd see him get time on Saturday, so I, I think no, no. Uh, it, it, hopefully, yeah, it's getting closer. Sh- but but I, I know there were some people, you know, saying, "Well, if he's stateside, maybe he has a surprise debut." I don't I don't see that as a likelihood of happening.
1: Yeah, and I don't. There's I don't think there's much uh, much benefit. Although you could be surprised training with people. Um, because there aren't reporters out there to actually be able to see who they are and where everybody is, you could you could pull it off. Um, it would take a little, little manufacturing of that to, to happen, but they could, but I just don't see that. So those will be your your updates that sort of come along um, for all that stuff. I'll say that um, it looks like uh, Gonzalo Iguain in, t- in terms of the rumor front uh, is headed to Miami. That seems to be pretty much a done deal at this point. Um, I don't know if it's 100% official, but it, it should be, and, and I imagine it was going that way. Remember, we were told that the LA Galaxy were not interested in him, so it doesn't make any surprise that he's not coming to the LA Galaxy. Um, so it, it looks like Uh, Inter-Miami will get him and and he'll be on that team, Um, which sort of leaves the the rumor mill a little empty again. And I seem to think that we're doing this, Eric. We've been going back and forth now of, oh, we have we have rumors. Oh, we don't have rumors. Oh, we. Oh, look, it's getting hot, and then it's getting cold. And right now, it's 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 again, it's running a little bit cold on that. Um, the only thing I will update is this: is on Christian Pavone. Let's talk about Christian Pavone because obviously, there's lots of speculation uh, about how the most valuable Pavone, as uh, Eric said, and as as one of my Twitter followers has told me many many times, um, most valuable Pavone really seems to want to stay in L. A. Um, That seems to be the general consensus. GBS wants him to stay. I'll tell you that right now. We know that. Um, I know all the fans want him to stay, but the $20 million price tag, even if it's considerably lower and it's 15, is still a long reach for the LA Galaxy and what they're trying to do. Uh, the schedule for him is to depart in December. There is, however, currently, it seems, uh, room for the LA Galaxy to at least be optimistic about trying to keep a um, they are going to try and keep him. They are going to try and make a deal to keep him. Uh, I don't think that's news for most of you. I think that that would be common sense. Um, I said on Twitter last night, however, Eric, the better he plays, the more difficult that deal is, which is kind of like one of these weird that's... paradoxes where you want him to play really well, but, you know, not that well. You don't want him to do anything. You know, then Boga's going to be like, no, bring him back. We'll sell him for $40 million tomorrow. Like, he's going to go. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of things that are sort of up in the air, but they are going to try and keep uh, Pavon. So if that's news to you, I hope that gives you some comfort. I will say that as of right now, I think that's a long shot just because he's playing really well.
2: yeah, and I think with Dennis Toclosa, uh, you know, given how he here we handles things, I think the the way he was commenting about it, he maybe wasn't just he just wasn't showing his hand and didn't want to say, oh yeah, where well, we have every interest because he wanted to make it seem possibly like you know, when the loans up, he goes back where well, there's no way we can do it. But I think given the market right now and, and teams, Being strapped for cash you may be able to work out some type of deal and and you mentioned it and it's 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 a great point that the better he plays the harder that decision becomes because it's twofold if he plays really well then of course his price goes up and if boca thinks they could flip him at a higher price they're going to do so but the other part of it is the better he plays is it worth taking a hit because we know Boca? Uh, part of that deal is is when he gets sold on, the Boca would get a cut of that, and so that, you know if you pay. That's, the un, that's 20, under
1: the that's under the current deal, right? So that's under the current yeah. deal if they executed. But it seems like there's a renegotiation of this deal. To, so to try to buy yeah. him outright, and so yeah, the, I mean, I think to, that's the ultimate goal.
2: Yeah, and, and to that point. You say, well, maybe we're gonna pay a little bit more and we're not gonna be able to flip him at as high a price and make a profit at him. But at what what's the the price tag where it's worth it where you get the production here? So maybe you don't sell him on to Newcastle for for thirty million, uh, but maybe you keep him here for a little bit longer and it's worth that, you know, 8 million, 6 million, whatever extra it is to keep him here for a couple seasons and possibly be part of an MLS cup run, maybe that's worth it because the better he plays, the more likely it is that he can be part of a championship run. Whenever you're constructing a team, if I'm constructing a team in major league soccer and I have the opportunity to build around Pavone, I I take that all day. So I think they they have to try to get creative and, and the better he plays, maybe it's going to be worth it. It may be a high price tag, but maybe it will be worth it in the long run.
1: Well, the other part of that is that if you do end up entering into some sort of sell-on clause, right? basically owning a certain percentage of the player and the team, Boca Juniors, would still own a percentage. So maybe it's 60-40, the LA Galaxy own a little bit more. Maybe you buy 30% of the player. Maybe you buy 50%. Like There's ways to work the deal to where you can buy it and then Boca can still do it. The good news for Boca is that as Christian Pavon plays better, his value is increasing in the world market, um, almost regardless of the fact that it's Major League Soccer. I know the Argentines are all upset that the uh, that he's playing in Major League Soccer and wasting away and doing all these things. But the bottom line is that he is appreciating um, in, in value right now, and he was not doing that at Boca. Um, because whenever he came, he was not playing and, uh, you know, there were, there were many Boca, Boca people who were ready to get sort of get rid of him, um, in a lot of ways. So, um, his, his value is appreciating. So that's something to keep an eye on for Pavone. Let's watch and sort of see how it plays out. This is a long play. This is not a short play. This deal doesn't get it done until the, after the season is over. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think Boca is going to want to do anything. You're going to want to see how it all plays out, uh, in order to make any sort of deals. On this, all right. Before we get to the LAFC game, Eric, I want to go over the uh, the conference standings real quick. Uh, it's Sporting Kansas City in the Western Conference with 17 points. Seattle with 15. LAFC with 12. Minnesota with 11. LA Galaxy 11. Portland 11. Real Salt Lake with 11. FC Dallas with 10. Houston with 10. Colorado eight. San Jose eight. And 12th position, it's the Vancouver Whitecaps who have uh, six points um, out of their oh eight games that they played. Um, the Eastern Conference. Uh, interesting thing, uh, they're at 20 points right now through nine games played. Toronto at 18 points, nine games. Or- Orlando, 15 points. Philadelphia, 15. Montreal, 13. Number six spot is New York City, FC with 12 points. New York Red Bulls, 11. New England, 11. Atlanta, United, 10. DC, United, 9. goes FC, Cincinnati, Nashville, Chicago, and in the bottom there is the guys who are going to land uh, Gonzalo Higuain, enter Miami um, with four points there. So, that's sort of where the standings are. I told you the LA galaxy climbed all the way to 11th in the supporter shield. It is currently the Columbus crew who are leading that there. Uh, if I remember correctly through eight games last season, the LA galaxy had 19 points from the first eight yeah, they had games, a hot, start. hot start, really moving. And if you put that in terms of where that would put them, you know, in the general board, um, they would have, you know, they'd be in second place and in, in the supporter shield in terms of, uh, where it was. So just sort of put that in perspective. I tell you tell you that for multiple reasons. One, the rise has been quick. The three games winning and getting nine points has really shot the LA Galaxy up that board. But we've seen how this LA Galaxy team can cool. So um, GBS has been a streaky coach uh, in his tenure and the LA Galaxy have been a streaky team. Um, so hopefully the LA Galaxy can sort of uh, come back and, and make a make a difference here in, in some of this stuff um, and, and try to do that. The last time the LA Galaxy won three in a row wasn't even that long ago. Everybody thought it was forever ago. It wasn't even <laughs> that long ago. It was in, it was started in September of 2019, so almost a year ago, um, but in a little bit different different timing uh, in terms of the season. It was at the the end of the season last year uh, that they sort of won three games in a row, and they had a, a seven game, I think, winning streak at one point early in the season, which is where they got all the yep. points and, and sort of did that. So it um, hasn't been that far. So uh, what do you think of this team?
2: Uh, I, I mean, I, I like what I've seen. I think it's one of those, you know, we, we talk about fight and heart and all that fun stuff. But you're seeing something clicked, something happened in this team that they're playing different. And then that's, that's all you can ask for is, uh, you know, I put a question out to Twitter yesterday. It makes you kind of reevaluate Orlando. You know, was that... Something that was a throwaway, or was it a wake-up call? And I think the the true answer is maybe it was a little bit of both. You saw that the players, maybe their minds weren't there in a pandemic. and uh, they just weren't they weren't ready and to get up for those games. and and you saw that maybe they weren't putting out their best. And so it also was a bit of a wake-up call because it forced gbs to to make some changes with people gonzalez and and Ralph Felcher that he needed to trust right. his youth and and not go off of the same thing that he's been doing because he wasn't getting the results. So I, I think the the true hammer answer is right down the middle. A little bit of both, you know, was uh, maybe they weren't mentally ready for it and then maybe also that served as a wake-up call to get them going. And then I also had someone point out, which is fair, is that some balls bounce the other way. Chicharito's course is penalty. Ethan Zubak puts himself in position in Houston and maybe, you know, they're they are able to advance and MLS is back and maybe they have six more points and are sitting on... You know, seventeen right there tied with sporting Kansas City. you know th- that that's not that far off as well. No. Uh, so so maybe this team wasn't as bad as the perception was, just because I think uh, you know that that El Trafico in the bubble left a, a sour taste., uh, but when you look at it and you really big picture, you say, okay, maybe they weren't that awful. They, you know we, we know that they they don't look like they do now. Ah, uh, but maybe it wasn't as bad as we thought. Maybe expectations, uh, you know, were a little too high, and then they came way, way, way down, and now they were low, and so they've now, pers- you know, <laughs> raised those expectations. So we're going to see uh, where that temperature levels out because they got another tough match on Sunday.
1: They're going to be hot, Eric. That's what they're going to be. They're going to be hot because they're on, hot. they're on a three-game winning streak, and they're going to be hot because the weather's going to be hot. And God, uh, I hope they can. I hope they can figure out how to make both sides of the stadium cool this time instead so of last time. Um, <laughs> Good shape, right?
2: Good shade Good, on the yeah.
1: But, Shade. Yeah, shade. That's what it is. Shade. Throw some shade. Uh, here we go. Sunday, September 6th. It is a 7.30 p.m. kickoff time. Why so late, you ask? Because it is a holiday weekend, and that's just fine. Uh, I do have a press credential in for this game. I don't know if I'm going. If not, I'll be at home, and that's fine. I'll be like the rest of you. Uh, unamos Univision, Deportes, Spectrum, Sportsnet. Again, this one's weird. Usually, if it's nationally televised, Spectrum isn't involved. However... Uh, English language will be on Spectrum. Uh, I imagine that SAP function will also be available on UNAMAS or Univision Deportes. Um, so you can look at those uh, and just try to figure out the best way to find it. You should be able to find it nationally. You will not be able to find it on ESPN Plus because it will be blocked out. Um, so that's where you have it. If you're if you're going to go way old school and and you're you're down with the Espanol 13:30 uh, a.m. in Spanish also has that as well. And I believe the LA Galaxy will have their radio stream. Uh, if you go in the Discord, we usually have the radio stream playing in one of the voice channels so that way you can hear it. Uh, Eric, are you prepared for a uh, for a a dramatic uh, intro uh, preview? you of, of this game
2: I'm, I'm going to be honest I'm going old school tonight I, ha- I have nothing prepped nothing written you're down. gonna wing it who who knows how it's gonna go uh but you know I, I think sometimes when when you speak from the heart maybe that's where you get your best product or we'll find out that you actually need to prepare for these things because maybe it's going to be a disaster who knows it's a beauty of a live show
1: yeah um by the way they're asking over in the in the corner here if the Lakers playing will will that be a problem I've been told it will not be a problem doesn't mean it won't be but i've been told it won't be a problem and you should be fine so right.
2: but the, we'll, the playoff we'll games for the lakers are not on spectrum SportsNet. that's regular yeah. season games playoff games are with espn and with tnt so it shouldn't interfere with SportsNet.
1: yeah if, if it does you have other places to watch it this time so you're a little bit safer than you were otherwise all right eric if you would please your dramatic intro la galaxy versus lafc coming up on sunday
2: Sunday, 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 the LA Galaxy return to another El Trafico, and this time, will they be able to use the heat to their advantage and force LAFC to melt down one more time? Will we see Efrain Alvarez get his start and be the pride of Los Angeles and come out on top? Let's find out. And let's show some pride and play to win this Sunday against LAFC. Let's get Three more points.
1: All right, there we go. I like it. I like it. I like it. It's good. I know. Listen, it, this it, we're in we're in quarantine mode, right? You are not next to me. I'm not next to you. Uh, we're in our respective places, and because of that, uh, Skype sometimes doesn't like music and you talking at the same time. So we do the best that we can with it, um, and that's that's the technology that we're gifted right now. By the way, um, uh, I was I was going to say that I was talking to a player. And I was trying to get them on the show and doing stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, we'll ju- we just use Skype. And they're like, what? I'm like, Skype. They're like, I-, I, don't- I don't have that. What is that? What is that? And I'm like, Skype is like a really old technology. But at the same time, Skype, guys, come on. It's like, it's like it was an 8-track or something. It was, you know, it was, it was Betamax.
2: Yeah, Kleenex <laughs> brand of, of video conferencing. I, one of the best tweets that I saw during this whole lockdown situation, it says uh, Skype really blew, blew a, a 3-0 lead. You know, the Skype's yeah. been around forever and Zoom just came and knocked, knocked them on their butts. So <laughs> Skype, come on. I mean, it yeah. works for us, yeah. but 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 they, re- they really dropped the ball here when Zoom Zoom took over.
1: Yeah, no, it is. I know the chat room sort of getting – it's always funny because the chat room is a little bit behind us whenever we do all this stuff. So people are like, hey, man, his mic sort of cut off there. It's like, yeah. Uh, I heard that it was LAFC fans kind of trying to hack in and, and shut off his mic. They didn't want you to talk. Well, um, they didn't well, want you to talk. I was
2: going to say that. The Ultras are outside. They're banging the drums. They're not socially distancing. They're setting off their flares. So uh, they're, they're okay. coming for me.
1: Okay, I figured. I figured that's what it is. Uh, the LA Galaxy will take on LAFC. We, we mentioned the standings uh, not too long ago. LAFC just one point in front of the LA Galaxy. So a chance to uh, hop over um, LAFC in this game. I'm gonna. Let's just. I'm going I'm gonna tell you something you're not gonna like, and it's just. It's one of those things, and it, you know, I, I, by all accounts, I. I don't think I picked the Galley Galaxy to win too many of these games. Um, I certainly didn't pick them to win the last one. Um, you know, uh, in the Discord we have a betting channel which is hysterical, and I'm like, dude, I would never bet on MLS. You couldn't make me. <laughs> I go. With, I. I have no idea what's gonna happen um it's 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 weird and however it goes it, it goes man mls is weird but um lafc with this with the chance the la galaxy have a chance to hop over lafc that's really what should be taken away from this another three points even a point gets them, you know tied um well not tied but it would basically put them keep them one point behind uh lafc so having said all that you have three wins in a row they're coming off a grueling road trip where you got the points uh, there was a lot of travel involved. You spent a lot of physical and mental energy in order to get the win against Portland, which was good um, because I think of the two games, it was probably the more winnable game. And even though you're at home and all that fun stuff, um, I think it's going to be difficult for the LA Galaxy to, to match the same intensity that they have over the last three games against LAFC. Now, the fact is a rivalry game, Eric, would tell me that there will be no you know shortage of uh, intensity. There should be people who are hot under the collar, um, There are people who are going to be, well, quite honestly, they're going to be hot all over their body because it's supposed to be warm. <laughs> it's about 94 degrees. But um, LAFC yeah.
2: will have black jerseys, so they may be more at a, a disadvantage. So they do have by the, to be by careful. The way,
1: does everybody, everybody knows that the home team gets to pick the jersey, right? They, yep. they do know that, right? <laughs> okay. So, so, you know, you can't necessarily use the black jersey as a problem if you chose the at black home. jersey. Now at home, now in this game you don't get to choose but you had the choice to choose whenever you're at home <laughs> and you chose not to do. It. I just I just want to point out that that's how. And by the way, if I'm them, I'm not choosing their their alternate white to play the LA Galaxy oh, yeah. is either it's you know it's black yeah, versus white. That's that's it's yeah. it's just it's the way it's supposed to look. Um and it would be flipped if they picked their white jersey and the Galaxy would be in the navy um although it probably would have been smarter to do. Um however you do that. So, uh the LA Galaxy have a really really difficult Uh, you know, choice here to make. Um, and it's going to be about how they go after this game and how much they decide that they're going to throw into this game. Remember, there's another game, but it's a week away. So you can throw everything you have at this game, understanding that you have a full week until you have to go play um, at Avaya Stadium up in San Jose. A little bit easier of a road trip whenever it gets down to it, but still a road trip. Um, you're going to be able to do that. There's still the matter of rescheduling that Seattle game. I'm told it will not happen in between the 6th and the 13th. That's not going to happen. I think Seattle played um, plays a Thursday or something like that in there, so it doesn't match up for their schedule, and it's probably going to get bumped to Phase 2 um, whenever we look at it, so I don't think they're going to tack it on at the end of the September 13th, and it's going to be the midweek game, but um, we should know, I believe, next week, the beginning of next week, or maybe Tuesday or Wednesday next week, of what that Phase 2 schedule looks like, and so we should understand when the LA Galaxy will make up that home game versus the Seattle Sounders. So having said all that, um, where do you put... I mean, I'll ask you a couple questions. Does GBS rotate at all in this game? Um, and... Did the Galaxy have a chance in this game?
2: Well, I'll start with 538. 538, our trusty 538, uh, has LAFC with a 50% chance to win, which is significantly lower than it has been with both El Traficos this season. So they're giving the Galaxy a little bit more love in this game. Galaxy's at 30% and then a 20% uh, chance for a draw. So... You know, to your point that this is going to be a more difficult game, I think GBS doesn't rotate his squad as much. He'll make a few changes. Maybe we see Rolf uh, right back and maybe we see uh, Araujo back on the right midfield spot. So I, I th- I, But I think for the most part, he'll keep the the players uh, who have been his starters because they've been getting it done. And, and you just want to, uh, you know, keep keep the hot hand and keep going with it. And knowing that you have a weak rest, uh, you know, maybe maybe you'll see that work. But I think this is going to be a good rubber match because in the bubble, there was the first one and LAFC ran away with it. And I think with the opener, when it was at the Bank of California, you saw LAFC maybe didn't come out with everything because they maybe didn't take the Galaxy seriously. They maybe thought it was going to be an easy game. Obviously, it was just incredibly hot, so it was difficult for them to run in those conditions. So it just seems like they weren't ready for that for that game. Uh, but this game, they're going to be mad. They're going to be upset that their rivals beat them at home. They're going to want to repay the favor. Uh, so they're going to come at the Galaxy this game. So the Galaxy needs to be ready for it. But I think the way the Galaxy have been playing, they're going to be ready for it. They know LAFC is going to come at them. They know that uh, their defense is going to need to be uh, on top of it. So I think you're really going to see – I think we're going to see an exciting matchup and a good matchup. Uh, with these games, it can go either way. We might see a repeat of Orlando. You might see the Galaxy you know, step up for it and, and, and go toe-to-toe. Uh, with their rivals because in these games anything can happen and the way they've been scoring goals they may not be able to have a goal fest in another you know 3-3, 4-4, 4-3 type game. Uh, so I think realistically I think a, a draw would be fair because LAFC is going to come out hungry they're going to score some goals the Galaxy are going to match that effort and I, I think a draw is probably the likely outcome something like a a, a 3-3 or maybe even a 4-4 I I predict like a, a barn burner until I realize how hot it's going to be and maybe it won't be.
1: It's 7:30 at night. I mean, it has a chance of being yeah, a little bit cooler, but it's just supposed to be really warm this weekend. Um, so that's something to sort of keep an eye on. Uh, no, Carlos Vela. Um, I like I said, I don't think there's going to be chicharito. Um, I'll be honest. If they keep playing these games, they're going to lose interest in in them real fast. It that's, already feels like again. You know,
2: that's that's a point that I want to make. Is uh, on f- one of the the benefits is you get. A bunch of El Tráfico's, you get to watch and have uh, all these different narratives develop. It seems like every every time there's an El Tráfico, something new pops up. Whether it's not calling it El Tráfico or you know Heat Gate, the Sun Gate, or whatever whatever you want to call the last one, there's always a fun little narrative that comes with it. But but I'd be lying to you if I said it. This this isn't killing the rivalry a little bit because part of what makes it special is that it only happens a couple times a year. Uh, they're spread out so you have time to let it build. You're playing other games. You're watching the stand, the standings fluctuate. But when you play each other this close together, there's not a lot of room, you know, to for that tension to build. <laughs> Given what's going on in the world right now, You just it's hard to get super excited with no fans in the building. You know, you're not going to get to go in to Dignity Health Sports Park and, and see the atmosphere because that's what makes these games special as well. So, unfortunately, playing all these games close together, and I think we're going to play them two or three more times, maybe even four or five more times before this season is over, It's it's killing the rivalry a little bit and it's going to kind of skew everything, but hopefully it regains momentum once everything gets back to normal. But for this season, I agree. Having the games close together, it loses a little bit of its magic.
1: Uh, we'll see how the LA Galaxy do. 7.30 p.m. kickoff time on Sunday. Uh, so it's uh, it's going to be a busy, busy week for the LA Galaxy. They'll get to finally wrap that up with that game. Then they might have a couple of days off and actually get some rest uh, before they have a week off, and they'll head to San Jose. So uh, a lot of stuff for the LA Galaxy still coming, but in a good spot. I I think overall, regardless of how you look at this um, with as like I said, as as I expect this to sort of go back and forth, Eric, in terms of, you know, you're going to be hot, you're going to be cold. Um, uh, I think that you know the LA Galaxy did what they needed to do in these first six games, which is get nine points out of six games uh, if they stopped right now. And I feel like that they have a good chance of, of taking it to the San Jose Earthquakes, getting a point there. I feel like they can certainly get a point against LAFC uh, coming up on Sunday. Um, and then hosting the Seattle Sounders should be a win. I mean, you can look at that and say, you take if you could take something from every single game in these first six, you can't say that was extremely uh, successful for the LA Galaxy. It's put them in a, in a position to compete in the Western Conference, and it's brought them back up from, you know, a dismal position. And it's taken some of the pressure off. The The pressure there will be to perform now, Eric, which is good. I like the pressure to perform, but it's not, you know, taking – it's, it's a different pressure that's like don't suck. The, the pressure of don't suck is way different than you need to perform because we expect it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's interesting just talking to the to LA galaxy players. They feel it. They feel like something changed. They feel, you know, just an energy, uh, and Alvarez talked about how they were able to anticipate each other and sort of go in those different ways. So, um, I, I think there's things that are happening that are laying groundworks. Yoni Gonzalez comes in. This becomes a better team. It absolutely does. It gives a the start at right back. It does a lot of things. So that's different. Getting Chicharito back is important to this LA galaxy team. You can say what you want. Zubac has done a great job filling in, but he's not Chicharito, and I don't care if you hate Chicharito and think he's the worst player in the world. Chicharito is a better player than Ethan Zubak, and I think Zubak has done a great job. That's no slight to Ethan Zubak. So um, having looked at all that, uh, we'll see where the LA Galaxy land this weekend. Uh, I think uh, I think a point would be great. I think a win would be even better. So why not uh, go out there and expect a win and see what you can do um, at home. And the LA Galaxy should get used to winning at home. So uh, that's got to be a mentality that comes in. So it doesn't matter who comes in. It doesn't matter what team it is. Uh, whether it's Toronto, one of the best teams in the East, or if it's LAFC, uh, one of the best teams in the West, although they haven't been showing it. Um, they, they're they they're back on track a little bit right now, and, and they could come in and, and really cause some problems for the galaxy having said that galaxy could smack them across the face again and you see if they just stand there and take it like they did last time so all those things are certainly there um we'll see how we go all right uh anything else that you have mr hammer sir
2: no i think i think we're good we're hoping for okay you know a good result some points at least yeah. a point on I, sunday
1: i was going to tell everybody that you're fired you're fired from from this show. <laughs> I am show. fired for a week. <laughs> yes, you, for one week you're fired. So you won't be back next week. I'll tell you who's going to be joining me. Um maybe it'll just be me. I don't know. Could be. Uh maybe it's Mr. Larry Morgan who just became a grandfather. Um so maybe it was that congrats Mr. Larry Morgan. We we love you buddy. Um, grandfather uh to a little boy, I think Arthur. So congrats Arthur and congrats to that's his a daughter and name. his Right? It's a it's just that's a strong it. name. That's a yeah. soccer playing name. If I ever heard Arthur play soccer, Art. I could tell you right now. Yeah. Art is out there and he's going to play. All right. All good. Uh, that's where we leave it. Uh, so, uh, Eric, why don't you tell people where they can find you? We'll, we'll get on out of here.
2: All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at GIS hammer. You can also find me on Instagram at galaxy profile. That's galaxy P R O F O U L. And make sure you join the discord. The link is in the show notes. It's a lot of fun, a lot of fun interaction, uh, especially the off the rails channel. Shout out to off the
0: rails
1: off the rails in the house. All right. Um, uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerthegalaxy.com where you can find all of our shows, all of our uh, information, Discord stuff, all that can be found in the articles and the show notes. All that stuff is right there for you. CornerThegalaxy.com. All right. For Mr. Eric, the Portuguese Hammer, I'm Josh Pato Guessman, And you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerthegalaxy.com.
0: Have a great one, everybody.